Well, no shit. What have we got here? A fucking comedian, private joker. I admire your honesty. Hell, I like you. You can come over to my house and fuck my sister. Roger. Huh? LA departure frequency 123.9er. Roger. Huh? Request vector. Over. What? Flight 209er clear for vector 324. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Now I radio clearance. Over. That's Clarence. Over. Over. Roger. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? It's your boy. It's your homie. It's the Johnny Drip. Back with yet another edition of the Views from the John podcast. This time, for Monday, November 4th, 2019. How are you? Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Everybody have a good weekend. I did. Went by too quick, though. All right. We're going to start off today's uh, show with a little prayer. Everybody hold hands. Okay. This is definitely a prayer. Of course, I'm not uh, smart enough in pre-production to research this, right? But I know it's a prayer. I think it might be a Catholic prayer. I'm not sure. But uh, it doesn't matter whether you're Catholic or whether you're Jewish or whether you worship the devil or you don't believe in anything, right? And you'll see why. So join me in a little prayer on this fine Monday, okay? It says, Lord, grant me the strength to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to tell the difference. You get that? Lord, grant me the strength to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to tell the difference. Isn't that beautiful? It doesn't matter whether it's a prayer, or whether you worship the devil, or believe in God, or whether you're a Jehovah's Witness, whether you're a, uh, you know... A, uh, what the hell do they call those people that believe in aliens and they pray to them, right? They check their feet and levels. Scientologist. It doesn't matter. Listen to the point of the prayer, okay? Because it's, it's the perfect statement to live by, regardless of whether you're religious or not, okay? I mean, I can't see anyone on this planet arguing with that, you know? Don't sweat the things that you can't change. Change the things that you can and understand the difference between knowing what we can and cannot change. Seriously, it doesn't matter if you're religious or don't like to pray, okay? Live by these words. Having the strength to accept the things that you can't change, the courage to change the things you can and then the wisdom to tell the difference between what we can and cannot change. How perfect is that? Okay? I'm going to give you a prime example. 
It seems like a lot of people, especially in the area that I live, are just fucking miserable. And one of the reasons they're miserable is because they are Democrats and Donald Trump is in office. And that really, really upsets the people around here. So when they go out in public, they have to just act like the world's ending and that everything pisses them off and they are the victims. Now, I'm not political. I am not left and I'm not right. Do I think Trump is a great president? No! For fuck's sake. All right? However, the reason I don't get all fucking worked up about politics in Trump is because I am powerless, and so are you. Regardless of what your political stance is, okay? We are powerless to do anything about Donald Trump or the presidency. Other than getting informed about who's running in 2020 and then picking your candidate, supporting them and voting for them. What else can any of us do? Getting pissed off, going on and fucking hashtagging or going out and trying to impeach the man or just letting him ruin your day or dictate your happiness. Why? We can't do anything about it, people. So that's just it. Don't get pissed off and let things ruin your day that we have no control over. We can't control the weather. We can't control who's in office unless we vote every four years. And if the candidate we don't vote for wins, what are you going to do? So everybody needs to fucking relax. Okay? Figure out the things in your life that make you unhappy that you can change and not change when it comes to the presidency. We can't do anything, people, so just fucking relax on Trump, okay? There's nothing we can do, you know? Get your candidate, look at your candidates that are running in 2020, you know, look them up, do your research, get informed, and then vote for your candidate. And if they win, great. If they don't, there's nothing we can do for another four years, so just fucking relax, okay? The amount of people I see go nuts here in this town or on social media because Trump did this, that, and the other thing today. Who cares? I don't care. I don't. Well, how can you not care? Well, I do care. I care that the guy's a, that he's a racist fuck, right? That's what the left likes to say, but I'm not left, but the guy definitely comes off like he's fucking racist. I mean, fuck. But you know, what can I do? Is getting upset about anything that I cannot change going to change it? No. So I'm going to choose not to. And that's what I keep trying to tell people in my life and on this podcast, okay? Um, somebody very close to me is dying. That sucks. I never read the book on how to deal with somebody close to you dying, okay? But I have two choices, right? I can either let the fact that this person very close to me is dying consume every second of my day feeling sorry for them in me in the family and everybody else or i can choose to grin and bear it and make the best out of it that's what you have to do people sometimes in your life in my life in our lives right things are going to upset us things are going to piss us off but you have to understand when shit like this happens if there's nothing you can do about it you can either go run, hide, and cry in a ball, right? Or you can grin and bear it and move on. You have two choices, right? 
Anytime we're hit with any kind of adversity, you have two different roads to go down. You can run, hide, be depressed, uh, be, be depressed, cry, get upset, get angry, uh, cause fights, whatever. When the fuck has any of those emotions ever helped anybody? I'm not saying that because this person's dying, I'm out being happy, but I'm trying to be. What other choice do I have? Okay. Anytime life throws you a curveball, you got two choices. Fucking grin and bear it and deal with it, or just don't. And I'm sorry. I choose to grin and bear it and move on. I am no longer letting little shit or people's negativity or other people's drama or even drama in my life affect me anymore. No longer. I let it affect me for too long, and it's just never going to happen again. It's a useless emotion. So just understand that prayer, okay? You don't have to pray. You don't have to be religious. Just live by the words in the prayer. Don't sweat the things that you cannot change. If there's things that you are unhappy about that you can change, like your job or your living situation or whatever, then fucking change it, okay? And all we can do is ask God, whoever the God is that you pray to, for the knowledge to understand the difference between the things we can change and can't. But I don't even know if you have to pray to God. You want to know what you can and can't change? Just email me, right? Email your boy Johnny Drip all over social media. Not me, but the production company that runs this podcast, right? My production company, Reality Drip. We're all over social media. You need help distinguishing between what you can't change in your life and what you can? Email me. I'll help you out. We can't change what Trump does today, people. We can't, other than you casting your vote in November of 2020. What can you do? Seriously, anything that you see on the news tonight that's horrible, why watch it? What are you going to do? People watch the nightly news every night. And every single news story on there is half bullshit, half, well, it's half bullshit with a little sprinkle of, uh, let's make it sound even worse than it is, because, you know, bad news sells, and the worse we can make it, the better it'll sell. And there's literally nothing on the nightly news that you can do anything about. It's death, tragedy, famine, fucking everything horrible about the world. There's equally good stories that happen, too, but nobody wants to turn on the nightly news and see good stories, right? Everybody wants them to be as fucked up as possible. Why? Why, as human beings, are we so addicted to drama and death and just bad shit? I don't get it. I've, I've loved and I've hated. And love is such a better feeling emotion to me. It's so much easier to love than it is to hate. So I have chosen in my life, no matter what fucking this life throws at me, good or bad, I'm going to love it. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to embrace the suck even when it starts to suck. Because what choice do you have? Seriously, you have two choices. Anytime life throws you a fucking curveball or you get upset about something or anything, think about it. Getting upset, crying, getting depressed, it's not going to fix it. It's easier to be happy than it is to be sad, okay? So just relax. Don't sweat the petty shit, okay? And don't... That's another thing, man. That's another quote I like to live by. And that's, um, be yourself. 
Be who you are and stay true to yourself because the people who care about the way you look, about the way you act, and they question it, they don't matter. And the people who matter don't give a shit. They accept you and they love you for who you are. So dress as you've always dressed, act as you've always acted, and the people that love you and care about you will never question it. The people that question what you wear, how you act, and all that shit, and you know they'll give you bullshit about this, that, and the other thing, that they don't matter. Be yourself, because the people who love you will love you for who you are, and the people that question it don't belong in your life, okay? Another good thing to live by. So listen to this. You know, I live in a very, uh, very far left community. It's either far left or it's, uh, you know, bleeding heart liberals, right? And I think that's partly what makes this area so crazy. I am not right. I am not a Trump supporter. But I am not left and I am not liberal. Politics drive me crazy. And they drive everyone around here crazy to the point that they literally act crazy. So I'm thinking that it's not necessarily the country or this area that's nuts. It's just, I think if I were to go move somewhere in the country where they might have voted for Trump or they don't care as much, I think it might be a lot more relaxed. It's just in this area with somebody like Trump in office, people are just out of their fucking minds, even in public. And I think it's all based on that. I, I, I really do. There is something about Trump getting into office in 2016 that has just given people a license to just lose their minds. And I'm thinking that it's not necessarily people in general that have lost their minds. It's the bleeding heart liberals and the far left that literally get angry day in and day out over what they hear Trump is doing on a daily basis. And what is that going to solve, people? I hear all sorts of shit about what he does every day, but I don't get fired up. I don't. Because what can we do about it? Nothing. So just ignore the fucking guy, okay? That's all I can tell you. But I tell you, there are support groups in this area and all around the country for literally everything now. Okay? There's a support group out there if you didn't get the right color for your, you know, new car, right? Everybody has a support group to support them for something. But you know what I've noticed? There are no support groups for men. Men have never had a support group. Why are there support groups for every brand and type, shape, color, creed of people? But there's no support groups for men. Why? I feel as though men are now becoming the minority, right? It was always men have all the power, men have all the control, blah, blah, blah. Now I feel like men are just, you know, we're at the bottom of the totem pole now, right? Everyone's forgotten about men. Where's our support group? You know, everyone else has a support group, and I've been feeling emotionally violated lately, so let's go. Right? I'm hated and discriminated against these days around here just because I'm a man. I've been violated in every possible aspect in the workplace. Verbally, psychologically, mentally, even some physical altercations. Sexual advance... Uh, I've, I've had sexual advances towards me 
by a male manager in a male coworker before. I'm not bisexual or even homosexual. But I was inappropriately touched and made advances by a manager, a male manager, and a male coworker. So where was my Me Too tweet, right? How many men didn't Me Too out there shit, you know? I get it. I'm not trying to make light of the fact that, you know, people are touched and abused and all that kind of shit. But people think men, you know, don't need support groups or that men aren't sexually abused or that men, men aren't discriminated against, right? Because there's no support groups for men. Something happens to a man, it gets laughed at. Something happens to a woman, the fucking world stops turning, right? So where where's the where's the support groups for men? Because literally... And I'm not trying to make fun. I'm just trying to point something out. I have been abused physically, emotionally, sexually in the workplace. I've never talked about it. I've never tweeted about it. I don't need an emotional support group. Why? Is it because I'm more emotionally stable because I'm a man? Is that what you're assuming, sir? I shouldn't make assumptions. They make us all look like asses, right? So that's just it. You know? I'm discriminated against in public for having a penis. You know, it's not easy being a man anymore. You know, men need some support groups. You know, I feel abused. I do. I feel abused. I feel useless. I feel unwanted, unneeded. I feel shunned by society now because I'm a man. You know, Jesus. You know, maybe if I make sure not to identify as a sex, maybe I'll have an easier time, right? You know? I'm not a man. I'm not a woman. I'm just me, right? I choose not to identify as a man or a woman. So you don't know what I am. That way you can't discriminate against me, right? Maybe that's it. Maybe I need to start identifying as a toaster, right? Or as a refrigerator. That way I can't be discriminated against for being a man or a woman, right? I can be neither. That way it just takes all your ammunition away, right? I mean, shit. You know? Women won't hate me because they can't tell, right, if I'm a man or a woman. Gay men won't hit on me because they can't tell if I'm a man or a woman. I'll even paint my skin blue. It'll be perfect, right? Then that way I can't be judged for being a man or a woman or my skin color. I'll be a completely asexual blue person. I'll be a fucking smurf. Right? They don't have sexual organs. Right? That's it. I think I figured it out. I'll just identify as general neutral. I'll dress 100% asexual. And I'll paint myself blue. This way, I can't be judged. I'll just be hated for being blue. Right? Listen up, you fucking blueberry muffin. We don't take kindly to your kind around here. Now get lost, bluey. We don't like blue people around here. <laughs> it's always something, right? It's just human nature to, uh, to, you know? What if there was a new race of being that came along and their skin was blue? Would we just hate them? Would we think it would be a good idea to bring them over as slaves like we did with the African-American people? Speaking of that, that is the most deplorable thing, I think, in, human, in world history. I have to say that. 
I have to say that as I that as I've gotten older and my eyes get more and more wide open, I literally have what's known as white guilt. Even though I was raised and born in the Northeast United States, where it's nowhere near as racist as down south. Sorry, I've lived there and I've lived up north. Racism is a lot louder in the southern uh, states than it is up here in the northern states, okay? It's like you guys are still fighting the Civil War. Give it up. Give up your confederacy. The whole idea that we thought it would be great to take an entire race of people and make them our slaves. I, I can't wrap my head around. I can't even come close to wrapping my head around how anyone ever thought that was a good idea. Or why we had to then segregate them. After, it, honest to God, it is so fucking appalling to me. And I literally have white guilt, even though... Um, I had nothing ever to do with segregation, racism, or slavery. None of my family lineage or history can be traced back to any of it. No part of my family, or stretching back to, you know, the dawn of man, has ever had anything to do with racism, slavery, or any of that shit. But I feel guilty. I feel guilty by association because my skin is light-colored and I'm a white man living in America. I feel fucking guilty. I feel fucking horrible. And I'm, I'm actually pissed off. This is supposed to be a comedy, but when I talk about this shit, I get pissed off. I, I cannot wrap my head around anybody wanting to hate or disrespect somebody because their skin tone is slightly lighter than yours. Why? Why... I can't get it. I can't get it. I won't get it. And I've said it before. I don't care where I am. If I ever hear the N-word come out of any white person's mouth in my presence, you will get punched straight in the face. Even if you're a comedian, you will never hear me for the rest of my career doing stand-up or on this podcast use the N-word whether I'm joking or not. It is the most hateful, despicable word ever uttered in human fucking history. Don't say it. Never say it. I'm really passionate about this shit. Some of the greatest people on this planet and I've ever known are African American and have dark skin. Okay? For So to you to be a racist fuck against anybody, don't do it. Don't judge anybody, bro. You don't know what anyone's been through. Never. See, this is going to piss me off. Take a deep breath, Johnny. All right, just seriously. If you are a racist, bigot, idiot, never come anywhere near me. Don't come to any of my shows. And when I tour down south, you folks better be prepared. Okay? Because let's keep the fucking Confederate flag alive. Yeah, that's a great idea. You better not take down my picture of Benjamin or whoever that fucking KKK leader was. That's part of our... No, it's part of fucking disgusting human history, sir. Nobody should be allowed to have a fucking Confederate flag. Well, that's part of my family's history. Yeah, it's a deplorable part of your fucking family's history, sir. For fuck's sake. It's a seriously, man. It's a good thing I was not alive in the fucking slavery days, or even in the days of um, segregation, because I would have been locked up. I would have been called a uh, black person lover, for lack of a better word. Whatever. 
you know, but honest to fucking God, man, that shit pisses me off. It is the most ungodly, horrible fucking thing in the history of this world, okay? That we thought it would be a great idea to enslave an entire race of fucking people because their skin color was different. Are you fucking kidding me? So just think about that for a minute, okay? I don't have, uh, I don't have white privilege, duh. Fuck that, dude. Honest to fucking God. Don't discriminate against people, huh? Just because somebody might be a man or a woman or they look differently to you based on how they dress, how they wear their hair, what the skin color... What the fuck difference does that make? When has the way somebody looked or their gender or their skin color or their clothing, when has that ever been the judgment of somebody's character? It's what's inside, people, right? So why do we continue to fucking di to why do we continue to discriminate against people? I don't get it. It's like literally, okay? I have a I have a I have a I have a Blu-ray here right in my hand, right? The Blu-ray is for a movie called End of Watch from the writer of Training Day, Jake Gyllenhaal, right, and Michael Peña. End of Watch. This is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. It's fucking tragic as fuck. But for somebody like me that wanted to, to be a police officer and uh, just never quite did it, I, it's, 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 it's brutally good, right? But let's say I knew nothing about this movie. I never saw the trailer. I never read the back of it. And I'm just, you know, going through Blockbuster. Remember Blockbuster? Before you could ever, uh, anyone remember that? It used to be you had to drive to a store, sir, to rent a movie. Now you can just do it right through your remote, right? But anyways, judging anybody on their appearance, whether it's their skin color, the way they're dressed, the length of their hair, it's like looking at this movie on a shelf and saying, I hate that movie because I don't like the way the cover looks. Imagine that. Imagine if I was in a uh, store right now, and I had never seen End of Watch. I had never heard about it, nothing. And I just looked at the cover like I'm looking at right now and said, eh, I don't like the way that looks. They suck. That's exactly what we do, people. We look at somebody else in public. We immediately size them up in two seconds without knowing a fucking thing about them or how hard their life has been or anything. Don't do it. Do you want anybody judging you, sir? Based on what color boots you have on or, you know? Fuck. Give people a break, huh? All right. Now that that rant's over. Support groups for men. You want proof? I'll give you some proof. Right? I was discriminated against for being a man. True story. The Tristan story, I call it. Tristan. What is Tristan? Tristan was a short-lived four-star restaurant in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, and when the restaurant was opening, they were... They were hiring, right? They were hiring the whole staff. They already had a couple managers hired, but they were hiring for the rest of the uh, entire restaurant. So, at the time, when I was living in Charleston, South Carolina, I was working in the food and bevement, uh, food and bevement, the food and beverage industry. I was a bartender, bar manager. So this new four-star restaurant's opening up, and they're hiring a bar manager and a front of house manager. So I go down and I fill out an application to either be a bar manager or the front of the house. And to make a long story short, the the 
the position for the bar manager came down to me and a lady, and the lady was hired. The lady was hired by a manager that was probably about my age. At the time, I was in my, what, mid-20s? I don't know. I was probably 26 at the time. I would say this manager was maybe 31, 32, and then the girl that I was competing against was probably 21, 22. Now, there's no doubt this lady was gorgeous, and me, I'm not much to look at. Although in my mid-20s, I wasn't that bad, all right? So, anyways, make a long story short, who was hired? Me with the experience or her with none? And ding, 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 you got it. The male hiring manager hired the pretty young female to be the bar manager and did not hire the male who had the experience. And as it turns out, three weeks after she was hired as the bar manager, the guy who hired her and didn't hire me, they were dating. They were a couple. So don't sit there for a second, even if you're a woman and you're a feminist, to tell me that she got that job because she was the better candidate. She wasn't. I had the experience. She didn't. She was hired because she was a woman and because that dude wanted to sleep with her. And he ended up doing it. And I'm going to take it a step further, okay? Because after she was hired as the bar manager, I was offered the position by that dude as the head bartender. He's like, listen, you got the experience. We need bartenders. I'm going to make you the head bartender. You're going to get X amount more an hour, the best shifts, all like that, blah, blah, blah. I said, fuck it, fine. I did it. So we had a lot of meetings because the restaurant had not opened yet. Right, So we'd go in for an entire afternoon and get paid for it. They'd go over the menu with us, all the other shit. Okay, And when it was time for the new bar manager to get up and speak about bar operations, this is what she did. And I shit you the fuck not. Okay, Here we go. You ever heard of a liqueur? It's called cognac. Do you know how it's spelt? Well, basically... She went on to embarrass herself and just show the entire restaurant. And this is a four-star restaurant. I'm talking like super high-end, $100 a plate dinners. You know, two people with a bottle of wine, you're going to walk out of there with an $800 bill if you're heavy drinkers. But just that's the kind of level we're talking about here. This isn't some friggin' hole-in-the-wall bar or pub. This was like a legit, crazy, you know, big city fucking restaurant, right? So, when she went to say the word cognac... Do you think she said cognac, or do you think she sounded it out like a five-year-old would? You got it. She called cognac cognac. Cognac. That's how it's spelled. So if you're looking at cognac, it's actually spelled C-O-G-N-A-C. Cognac. That's how she pronounced it. She didn't say cognac. She said cognac. And then... She went on to pronounce Shabli Shabliss. You laughing? I hope so. I don't laugh because, it, you know, I've heard it too many times and it pisses me off. But then she goes on, I swear to God, you're going to be, no, there's no fucking way she did. Yes, she did. She called Merlot Merlot. Okay? So rather than pronouncing Cognac, Cognac, 
in Chablis, Chablis, in Merlot, Merlot, she sounded it out like somebody who's never said the word before, like somebody learning English. She phonetically sounded it out and called Cognac Cognac, Chablis, Chablis, and Merlot, Merlot. In front of everybody in the store. And the minute she did that, everyone fucking snickered. I looked over at the manager who hired her. He's got his head in his hands. He, you know, honest to God. And that's just one story. I'm going to continue here because for the rest of the time I spent in Charleston and the time I've spent in Boston and the time I've spent in Western Massachusetts, there's been other bartending positions that I have not gotten. And I have a lot of years of experience now bartending, okay? I'm like fucking Tom Cruise in cocktail, okay? But if you take a pretty girl, let's say you have a 21-year-old looking thin supermodel, and then you have a 41-year-old John drip, right? And you got the woman with no experience, and then you got the drip, right, with 16 years experience, the bar owner, 99 times out of 100, is going to hire the woman without experience. Why? Because, let's face it, right? The pig men that go sit and drink at bars all day, do they want to look at Johnny Drip? Or do they want to drool over some 21-year-old bimbo? Sorry. That's how it works. And it's pissed me off. Because women and other groups like to pull that card all the time. How when something doesn't go their way, they blame it on this, that, and the other thing. Well, who do I blame? Okay? Because I could certainly hashtag out a Me Too movement. Because like I said, I was sexually touched inappropriately and made advances by by two gay people at the same job. One of which is a manager. The other one was the co-worker. I just told him to get the fuck off. I wasn't that way, okay? Did I need to tweet it out? Me too? No! I could've. You know? Look how many jobs I've been turned down for as a bartender because the person hiring or that runs the bar just has the logic that dudes at a bar want to look at a female bartender as opposed to a man. It's happened. I get discriminated against. Men get discriminated against too. Men get raped. Men don't get hired because they're men, okay? And it and it's getting worse. I literally live across the street from two women who legitimately just hate men because that's how they are. And I don't understand it. I don't understand how you can just hate an entire group of people because we have penises. Or how we can hate an entire group of people because their skin is a different shade than ours. And these people across the street, they think they're so fucking progressive, right? They're saving the fucking earth, they're saving the whales driving hybrids, but yet they're spitting out hate speech about how much they fucking hate men. Sorry. You're not winning any uh, awards with me, people. Okay, and what's the whole point of this rant, bitch, whatever the fuck you want to call it, right? The whole point is that no matter who you are, we are all discriminated against at some point for one reason or another. It's all in how you look at it and how you deal with it, which goes back to how I started off this podcast. Once again, right? 
everything I just talked about, let's go back to the beginning. Lord, grant me that strength to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to tell the difference. Okay? So no matter how bad your life gets or how much you think you're fucking discriminated against, it happens to everybody. Everybody has got bad days. Everybody gets discriminated against. Everybody's fucked up. Everyone's opinion is like an asshole, right? They all stink, right? Everyone's breath when they wake up is foul as fuck, right? I don't care who you are, okay? So that's just it. Understand that no matter how life gets, there's always somebody out there that has it worst. When you feel like you're discriminated against, understand that you're not alone. This shit happens. That's just the world in which we live in. But it doesn't have to be. Okay? Because like I keep saying, I think anyone in this world that chooses to hate has never experienced love. Because I've experienced hate and I've experienced love. And I don't think anybody who's truly experienced love and has experienced hate would choose hate over love. Love just feels so much better. Love is like an orgasm. Ever had an orgasm? Feels great. Love is an orgasm, and hate is like getting drilled at the fucking dentist. So why would you pick the dentist over an orgasm? And I truly believe it's because anybody who hates has never experienced love. So I got the great idea, right? Rather than building nuclear weapons, right? Why don't we drop a love bomb on people, right? And I'm not talking LSD or weed. Right? You don't think our scientists coming up with all this chemical weapon shit couldn't make some kind of a drug that somehow activates something in people's brains that make them experience love for the first time? You imagine? You imagine a bunch of angry people in the desert with weapons and shit and we just drop like a smoke bomb on them, but it's not really a bomb. It's just some kind of chemical that makes them experience love for the first time in their heads. They can feel what it is to be loved and feel love. And I think they just throw their weapons down. Be like, fuck this shit. Right? Why don't we start putting that in the water? Mm, we can't do that. Mm. Right. Am I sounding too hippie-ish for you, sir? Did I just come out of Woodstock? No. I'm just wide awake. And I see this world for what it is. And everything that makes it so crazy and so stupid is easily fixable. And it all starts... With every one of us. Perception is... Uh, no, reality is perception. The world is as crazy as you want to make it out to be. So, if you're looking for the president or Trump, or you think that the world's going to get better when Trump gets dejected, or maybe somebody gets voted in besides him, if you think your life's going to get better, it's not. Okay? You think your life's going to get better if you hit a million dollars? Eh, it might. But that's the thing, okay? Life is what you make of it. We lie in the beds that we make. So no matter how rough or no matter how tough your life gets, you can choose to make the best of it and grin and bear it. You can choose to treat people with respect and not don't give it back to you. That's just it. If everyone in this country or in this world tomorrow just woke up with a different attitude, everything would be better. The president is not going to solve your problems, sir or ma'am. 
okay? Money is not going to solve your problems, even though it might seem like it does, right? It's all attitude. It's all how you perceive the world. If you want to perceive the world as shit, it's going to be shit. Right? You want to lay around feeling sorry for yourself and all depressed, then that's how it's going to be. The day that you decide to wake up, maybe it was this morning or tomorrow morning, the day that you decide to wake up one morning and say, I am just, I am not going to live in fear anymore. I'm not going to live in misery anymore. I'm going to choose to be happy. I'm going to choose to be positive. Everything will change for you. It's a mindset. I even posted this on social media the other day, my own social media. All right. Very simply, I said, does your life suck? Change it. It's a mindset. Put yourself in a different mindset. In the entire world is going to look different to you, even though nothing has changed. And how do you do that? You do that by accepting the things that we can change and the things we can't and just choosing to relax and be happy. We get one life to live on this planet, folks. In the next second, my life could end or yours could. Anything you wish you did? Anyone you wish you called? Don't live in regret. Don't do it. As I get older, I have regrets. You know, in the blink of an eye, I've turned 40. Literally. I went from 20 to 40 in the blink of an eye. And then I'm going to blink my eye and I'm going to be 80 or dead. And that's something you really wake up to when you get to be my age. It's something that was told to me when I was 20, 25, 30, 35. I couldn't see it. Nobody can. You won't get it until you hit my age. But honest to God, you blink your fucking eye and you went from 20 to 40. And then I'm going to blink my eye, I'm going to be 60. Or I'm going to blink my eye and I'm going to be 80. And everything's going to be done. We get one chance to live this life, people. Why are you going to choose to live it in hatred and fear and negativity? Well, it's because my life sucks. Well, maybe it does. You think my life's great? It might, why? Because I have a fucking podcast? That means my life's great? You don't know. My life could suck. And it does suck in a lot of ways. But in a lot of ways, I'm blessed. And that's what I choose to focus on. The blessings. And not the shit part. Right? Because everybody deals with shit. Just deal with it. It'll get better. And like I keep saying, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. Right? And that's why sometimes... This is the this this is a question I have actually for people. You ever notice how uh, sometimes people will say things? Uh, why sometimes things are good, and sometimes things are just good enough. You ever hear that? Somebody might uh, say something to you and be like, "Oh, that's good," or somebody would be like, "Yeah, good enough." Well, what the fuck is it? Is it good or is it good enough? Because to me. There's good, right? And then there's good enough. Like, yeah, it's good, and it's enough, but eh, it doesn't quite tickle my dick, right? Well, what is it? You know, are you not happy? You know, we finish something, and you're like, great, or good. But what's this good enough shit? Is that just another way of saying, eh, it's not what I wanted, but fuck it. I'm disappointed, but uh, I'm done dealing with it, so uh, what the hell? Good enough. I mean, I work my ass off, right? I'm looking for some kind of approval. Great job. Good work. Fine work. Fantastic. Super. Nah. It's eh, good enough. What the fuck is that? 
what is good enough? Is good enough where it's like not quite the level of good, but it's not quite there, so it's just good enough? I mean, what a fantastic, right? I mean, what is fantastic? Is fantastic an A and good as a B and then like good enough is like a B minus? You know, I'm shooting for an awesome and you tell me it was just good enough? What does that mean? I got like a fucking B minus instead of an A? Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was great. Minus this, that, and the other thing. So it's just quite good enough. Not all the way good, just good enough. Like right on the edge of acceptable and uh, it's fucked up, you know? It's almost like the word fine. Or alright, right? How you doing today? I'm alright. Just alright? Yeah! Fucking Christ! Everything is all right! If everything is right, isn't it good? Or how are you? I'm fine. What, you're just fine? Yes, I'm fucking fine! What is fine a bad thing? If everything is all good, or I'm fine, people are like, oh, you're just good, or you're just fine? Yes! If everything's good and fine, isn't that good enough? You know? Well, there, I, there, there you go. I just say it's good enough, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right, and we're back through the magic of the stop-start button. I went away, and I came back. So what were we talking about? How are you doing today, sir? I'm fine. Well, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. Did the definition of fine change? Doesn't fine and good fall into the category of everything is good? It's like, how are you? I'm okay. Are you just okay? Yes! The fuck do you want me to say? I'm doing fucking fantastic. I'm superb. Never better, right? And then if I say that, you'll be like, wow, you're fantastic, huh? What's going on? Well, Christ, I can't win with you fucking people. If I'm all right or I'm fine, you say, well, what's wrong? If I say I'm fucking super, you're like, well, yeah, what's so super? Holy shit, people, right? Why do I have to further explain myself? Or if I say I'm phenomenal, I have to explain why I'm so phenomenal, right? So I've learned. If somebody asks you how you're doing, you just say, good thanks. How the fuck are you doing, right? Flip it on them. <laughs> but yes, have you noticed that, sir? You say you're, you're great, you're superb, and they want to know why you're so fucking great. But then if you say, I'm fine, or I'm just okay, they're like, well, what's wrong? That's why you just say, good thanks, how are you? Don't give them that in to be like, well, can you tell me more? Why are you good? How come you're not having a bad day? Just beat them to the punch. Just cut them right off. I'm good, thanks. How the fuck are you doing, huh? All right. You know, I've been hearing a lot of negative press lately about a certain type of dog. And it comes and goes, right? I've, I've heard the story a billion times, and I was even on the other side of the fence. And this is kind of the whole point of this podcast, right? Am I a stand-up comedian? Eh, it depends who you fucking ask, right? 
Is this podcast supposed to be funny? Eh, depends who you ask. It's going to be funny sometimes, uh, maybe sometimes it's going to be sad. But what what is the point of this podcast? The point of this podcast is to uh, try to fill up your afternoon with shit, sir, right? While you're driving down the highway, just spouting off shit, right? Hoping that you're interested. That's what this is all about. Maybe you have a chuckle. Maybe it makes you think about something in a different light. Maybe it makes you smile. That's what it's about, okay? This this is this show is basically about entertaining you, sir, for an hour or two, talking about different types of shit, you know, looking at it through my simplistic lens, you know? It, maybe it helps you smile or calm down, or maybe it keeps a gun out of your mouth. Maybe it makes you laugh. I don't know. If it helps, great. That's the point of it, all right? But... There's always been a lot of negative press about a lot of different things, right? A lot of different things we don't know anything about. And I've heard the stories over the years about a lot of different shit that I know nothing about. And we all have opinions on it, right? Anyone know about dogs? Anyone own a dog? I've owned dogs, right? But uh, not this particular brand of dog, okay? And the dog I'm going to talk about today is the infamous what? What is the most infamous, hated, scared breed of dog on the planet, right? Can you guess? Can you guess? That's right, folks. It's not the Chihuahua, okay? It's not a golden retriever. It's not a fucking lab, right? It's the poor, old hot dog right no not the hot dog <laughs> it's whatever emotional support animal you have sir that's the most hated dog on the planet no we're talking about not rottweilers right or doberman pinchers right we're talking about the biggest baddest meanest fucking dog of them all right and what dog is that sir the pit bull the pit fucking bull right I've heard the stories a billion times. I had never, ever, ever known anybody that had a pit bull. I just knew the stigma that was out there. That they were dangerous animals. That they couldn't be controlled. That they'd bite people's head off. I even heard a couple stories, uh, I don't know, three, four years ago, right? I think everyone's heard the story where there was a, uh, a pit bull that was outside of a ice cream stop or some shit. And the pit bull went and uh, bit or attacked some little kid, killed the kid. And then the guy whose kid got injured went and shot the dog in the head. And it was a big fucking mess. And these are the kind of stories you hear about, right, with pit bulls. Um, my buddy Bill Burr, he talks about his pit bull, right? And I don't want to get his pit bull's name confused with his daughter's name, who is a big secret. And I'm going to forget. So I'm not saying... If you're a fan of Bill Burr, you probably know what kind of a pit bull he has. But he adopted a female uh, pit bull. And, uh, you know, he gets along with the dog great. He's taken the dog to trainers. And, um, you know, this dog was abused, I believe, as a puppy. And, um, 
despite all the work that this trainer has done with Bill and this dog, it just does not get along with kids or other people. Loves Bill, loves Bill's wife, Nia. But um, it just, you know, Bill said this before because the trainer said it to him. You know, it's one of these dogs where the whole world gave up on, you know, except for you. Um, so he still loves the dog. The dog now lives with the trainer. Bill gets to see the dog as often as he likes to, but, uh, they just don't trust the dog in the house with the kid. And, uh, Bill did recently try to bring the dog in the house on a leash, uh, to meet his daughter. And, um, evidently the dog, uh, got a little growly at a distance and Bill said, fuck that. And I don't blame him. Took the dog right out. Right. And this is the kind of um, stigma that's associated with pit bulls, right? That they're all bad. And uh, I had never met a pit bull. I had just heard all the stories. So I thought they sucked. They were bad. They were impossible creatures to raise. You couldn't happen. You, you know, that's just how it was. And as it turns out, there is an exception to every fucking rule, people. And how do I know? Because I was witness to it. I split a two-family home with a fantastic couple, and that couple, um, they had pit bulls growing up. I believe uh, his parents had several pit bulls growing up, raised them. So they, uh, what, three, four years ago, they went out and got themselves a pit bull puppy. And it was the cutest puppy I'd ever seen in my life. And that dog has now grown up below me in the same house here the last three, four years. And I can tell you, it is hands down the most loving, funny, friendliest dog I have ever met in my life, hands down. And it is 100% Pitbull. Honest to God, I had never seen anything like it before in my life. This dog acts so fucking loving and so chill that you would think it was a black lab or a combination between a lab and a golden retriever. That is how loving and chill this dog is. The dog is so protective of its of its um of its of me, of its parents, um and of course of his new brother. Um has never been a problem around me, around guests around his little brother, who's only a year old. Um, so this dog is the exception to the rule, right? It is, he is 100% pit bull, but he is the most loving, friendliest dog ever, right? If I could have the dog up here right now, it would literally come up on the couch with me, give me big sloppy kisses, then lay across my lap and just be a big baby. And you might say, well, why is that? Why is it that some people have out of control pit bulls and then some people, like the couple that lives below me, can have a pit bull that literally acts like it's the most loving dog you've ever met in your life. And you want to know the answer? Parenting. It's that simple. Parenting. They knew how to raise a dog. Even a tough, tough breed like a pit bull that has a terrible stigma associated with it. Because they raise that dog the right way in a relaxed, positive, loving home, the dog is just the nicest dog you'll ever meet. 
God is my witness. You can call me fucking crazy if you want. I thought I was crazy. But literally the meanest, baddest, most shit on dog on the planet is a dog that I would welcome open arms anytime into my house. The most loving, coolest dog you'll ever fucking meet. And he's 100% pit bull. So why is that? Why is it that these folks' pit bull is so great that they just get lucky? No, it's parenting. I just said it. They raise the dog in a relaxed, loving, positive environment. And look what happened. The dog turned out to be the most well-adjusted dog that it even acts cooler than some, you know, labs I know. And how cool are labs? Right? They're so fucking lovey and chill. That's how this dog is. This dog is as lovey and as chill as any friggin', you know, chill dog I've ever met. And it's a pit bull. And he turned out that way not because they got lucky or that's just how he was born. It's all parenting people. And if they were able to be such great parents to such a deified dog, I think they're going to be great parents to their newborn. And they got another one on the way. And if you're listening, I said it before, but congratulations. You guys are fucking awesome. You guys are killing it. You really are. But that's just it. Parenting people. Parenting, good parenting, dictates everything. We like to think that um, our kids are not really a product of how they're raised. Bullshit. Sorry. I realize it now. I really do. So, just remember that. Remember, when you're raising your kids, whether you're raising a dog or you're raising a kid, just raise them right. And if you have to ask what the right way is to raise a kid, then you probably shouldn't have had one. How good of a person your kid turns out is up to you as a parent. Bottom line, you cannot blame it on school, their friends, anything. It's you. How good your kid turns out is 100% reflection on you as a parent. That's why I think, right? My God, this is something I wanted to talk about months ago when I first started this podcast. Anyone ever seen the movie from 88, 89? Uh, Parenthood? Steve Martin? Great fucking movie. Great movie. It's Parenthood. You a parent? Or in your late 30s, 40s? Watch it again. Because it all has to do with parenting and kind of hitting that kind of midlife crisis uh, age. Like, you know, like I'm at. And uh, Keanu Reeves, I think that was one of the first movies he did. He's a, he has a small role in that movie. And when he's talking to his girlfriend's mother about parenting and kids, he has a great quote where he talks about how you need to have a license to hunt you need to have a license to catch a fish, but they'll let any butt-reaming asshole be a father. And if that ain't the fucking truth, I don't know what is. Isn't it? You literally need a license to drive, a license to hunt, a license to catch a fish, a license to do fucking anything. But they'll let any fucking idiot on this planet shit out a kid. And how good of a life that kid has and how well-adjusted that kid is and everything depends on the parenting. So that's why I think you should need a license to have a child. Sorry, 
We require it to drive, to fish, to hunt. Why not to have a kid? Because if you are not qualified to even raise a dog, we're going to allow you to raise a kid and then to fuck that kid up. And then the, and then the, you know, the kid's innocent. Animals are innocent. Kids aren't raised to be bigots. They don't come out of the womb stupid or ignorant or hateful. Those are all learned things that parents teach or don't instill or instill in their kids. So how about it? Go out before you go and get pregnant and have another kid that's going to just clog up fucking society. Why don't you go out and try to raise a pit bull? And if you can raise a pit bull to be a good dog like these folks below me did, then I give you my full blessing to have kids. Because if you can raise a pit bull to act as cool as a retriever or as a lab, I give you my full blessing to have kids. But they'll let any butt-reaming asshole out there be a father or be a parent. And if you're born to the wrong parents, then you're going to fuck that kid's life up. And think about it. Think how innocent kids are. Kids have no choice who their parents are, where they're raised, really who their friends are. Kids are like dogs or cats or animals. They're completely fucking innocent in all this. They're a product of our bullshit. So why do we just let any asshole have a kid? Why do we continue to let uh, people that probably shouldn't be having kids at all shit out one every nine months so they can get more fucking welfare or assistance from the state? You don't think that fucking happens? I'm not saying that Section 8 and welfare don't work for people. There are absolutely people out there who need it. But if you don't think there's people out there that take advantage of every fucking system, there are. People take advantage of everything that there is to take advantage of. There are people out there that need Section 8, that need food stamps and government support. But there's also people out there that'll just pop out a kid every fucking Nine months, because the more kids they have, the more money the state gives them. And some of these people are getting thousands and thousands of dollars a month from the state. And they don't have to work. Why don't they have to work? Because they just keep popping out kids. They get free housing. Why would you want to work? It's just like the panhandlers I talked about recently. There's panhandlers around here that are making two, three hundred dollars cash a day. And then they can go home and fuck off for the rest of their day. So if we continue to keep giving panhandlers money, that's what they're going to do. Stop giving panhandlers money. You want to donate to, um, you know, Standing Rock? My next door neighbor, that's what she's doing. You ever heard of Standing Rock out in the Dakotas where they put the fucking pipeline through? Remember that pipeline bullshit? That whole tribe is in trouble. They need winter coats and jackets. And what does the lady next to me do? She's sending coats and jackets straight to them. And I just gave her some shit to help the people of Standing Rock. Give to people less fortunate, huh? I mean, all of these concepts, they might seem foreign to you, but they're just literally black and white and basic to me. Seriously. You know, no matter what system we have set up to help people, there's always going to be people that take advantage of it. I talk about it all the time. You can, anything, right? Handicap plates on cars. 
Why do we need them? Handicapped parking spaces, mobility scooters, wheelchairs. Well, we need those for people who are fucking handicapped and disabled. But you don't think there are certain people in this state and other states that will that will kind of bend the system when they're not really handicapped just to get that plate so they can get the fucking prime parking? You bet your fucking ass they do. How many people have you seen walk just fine from their car a mile in the Walmart, then they'll hop on that mobility scooter? Are they really using that scooter because they're disabled or are they using it because they're fucking lazy? I'm telling you. People take advantage of everything that's out there and then they ruin it for other people. Just like uh, the Juul device, right? A little device created for adults to quit smoking fucking cigarettes. And then kids get their hands on them because they like the donut-flavored fucking vape juice. And then we have to cancel all the vape. You see what I'm saying? There are always people that are going to ruin anything for everybody else. Always. It's always been that way. It always will. People will take advantage anywhere and everywhere they fucking can. So, I think that's where I'm going to... No, I'm not going to leave you there today. There's a couple other things I wanted to get to, but, uh, you know, what am I supposed to do? Talk for fucking 20 hours, right? So, I'm going to quickly get to some listener mail. Do you have listener mail? Yes, we have listeners. I know the other day I was making fun of how I have three listeners and two of which are myself. I'm just kidding, people. There's more than three listeners to this, okay? According to Spotify, there's thousands. All right. So, one of you kind people sent me a message asking a question. And do so. Because you're, you'll get your name on the radio or on the air or wherever you're fucking listening to this, right? There is no more radio. This is radio. This is the new radio. What is a podcast anyways, right? A podcast is just a fucking talk show, right, for the radio, even though we're not really on the radio. All right. So anyways, Peter. Peter P. He didn't give me his last name. He says, Peter P. What's your last name? Pumpkin Eater. Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater, had a wife, loved to beat her. Peter, 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 Peter Pan from Jacksonville, Florida. All right. Let's see. Peter from Jacksonville writes, hey, what's up, Johnny Drip? Love your show. Thank you, sir. Um, question. There are some who believe that the world is really flat. <laughs> How would you convince them it's not flat uh let's see that's a great question sir can you believe that there are seriously people living on this planet that think the world is flat you ever seen a picture of earth sir taken from space it looks pretty round to me well how can that be i don't i don't understand because if you look at the if you look at the United States on a map, we should be, like, sideways. I don't get it. It's called gravity. So here's what I would do, okay? Because Peter, Peter, Peter asked me that, you know, he told me. He's like, there are some people who believe the world is really flat. Yes, I agree with you, Peter. And he's, Peter is asking me how I would convince them it's not flat. Well, 
Let's see, what would I do to convince people the world's not flat? Well, why don't we take a cruise around the world? And if we don't uh, go over a waterfall, I'd say the world isn't flat, right? Uh, let's show them a picture from uh, space. Show them that the world is round. I, I don't really know how you argue that. Um, fuck, the, let, let's take a trip up into space, right? Um... God, I think, uh, I don't know how many thousands of dollars is, but uh, you can go up, you can go to Russia, right? You can go to Russia, and the Russians will take you up in their uh, fighter jet. It goes up to like, what, 90, 100,000 feet up? And if you do that, even though you're not quite in space, you can actually see the curvature of the Earth. But think about it. Actually, that's, that's... <laughs> That's pretty nuts when I think that there are actually people out there who believe the, that the Earth is flat. How could it be flat? If the world was flat, wouldn't, like, all the water, right, just, like, like, wouldn't all the water in the oceans just empty over the sides, right? Like, picture the world as an actual flat place. Let's say the world was, like, on top of this table. Wouldn't all the oceans just drain off the sides if it was flat? Um... There are people that do sail around the world, or they drive their boat around the world, or they fly around the world. If the world was flat, wouldn't you just kind of get to a certain point where the flatness ends and the world stops, and you just, what, you just just go over a cliff into oblivion? How can you think the world is flat? Just look at any of those. I don't know. So I guess that's how I do it, Peter. I would, um, I would, I would, I would put them on a raft and then set them on a course to float around the world. And when they got back in a, in a year, if they didn't get eaten by sharks, then they would realize that, uh, the world is round because if they wasn't, uh, they would, they would fall off the edge. Or I'd like to ask any flat earther, uh, you know, why don't the, uh, oceans drain if the world is flat? Because is it, it's like a pool. There's like sides to it. That's why it doesn't come. <laughs> I don't fucking know. All right. So that is the listener mail for today. And that is the show for today. Um, email, again, is info at realitydrip.com. Reality Drip is all one word. And then info. That's it. Info at Reality Drip. Email me with anything that you fucking need or want. Right? And I'll hook you up with it. But everybody, I hope you have a super week. The weekend will be here before you know it. I'll be back again later this week with another cast. And I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for continuing to tune in and to listen. And again, this has been your boy, Johnny Drip, with another version of the Views from the John podcast. Have an awesome week, everybody. And remember, relax, laugh, and smile. Love you. Private Cowboy, Private Joker. Sir, yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. As soon as you finish your bunks, I want you two turds to clean the head. Sir, yes, sir. I want that head so sanitary and squared away that the Virgin Mary herself would be proud to go in there and take a dump. Sir, sir yes, sir. Private Joker, do you believe in the Virgin Mary? Sir, no, sir. Well, Private Joker, I don't believe I heard you correctly. Sir, the private said no, sir, sir! Why, you little maggot, you make me want to vomit!
You goddamn communist heathen, you had best sound off that you love the Virgin Mary, or I'm going to stomp your guts out. Now, you do love the Virgin Mary, don't you? Sir, negative, sir! Private Joker, are you trying to offend me? Sir, negative, sir! Sir, the private believes that any answer he gives will be wrong, and the senior drill instructor will beat him harder if he reverses himself, sir! Who's your squad leader, scumbag? Sir, the private squad leader's Private Snowball, sir! Private Snowball! Now you ladies carry on. Sir, I, sir. 